0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us here to wrap up your week. This is Fantasy MLB Today, and I am your host, Joe Orico. You guys can find me on Twitter, as always, at Joe orico 99 That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O 99. And you guys can also go ahead and follow the Ethos Fantasy BB account, which is where this show is posted out from daily. And as we grow throughout the season, I hope to be bringing you guys more and more content on both of those channels. While you're listening here, if you could kindly scroll to the bottom of your page, however you access your podcast, whether it be Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, whatever it is you use, just give us a five-star rating or a positive review. Either one or both would be really great. We're trying to expand here in the early going. And reviews and ratings will definitely lead to more people seeing us. We'll move up the algorithm. We'll be higher in search results. So if you are a fan so far, if you like Sports Ethos, if you like me, If you want to just help the show out, leaving a five-star review rating, that would be fantastic for helping us to grow. Enough self-promotion. Let's get into the baseball. Let's talk about yesterday's slate where we had a fairly short 10-game slate. Let's start off with my hometown, Toronto Blue Jays and the Boston Red Sox. And just quickly, for those of you who are new to the show, uh, yes, I am a Blue Jays fan. That is one thing. But I'll just quickly go through how we lay out the show here if this is your first time listening so we go through yesterday's games we take a look at today's starting pitching matchups we take a look at the waiver wire for the hottest ads and drops and then we quickly go over uh, DFS for those of you unfamiliar daily fantasy sports where you set your lineup every day as opposed to for the whole season so those are the four main sections of the show Uh, without further ado let's get into the game recap from yesterday so we had the Blue Jays and the Red Sox and Kevin Gosman was absolutely lights out he Nearly threw the first complete game in baseball this year. Uh, you know, it's there's really not going to be that many complete games, so I was really excited for the chance that he might have been able to get it. He went back out into the ninth inning and he gave up a leadoff base hit, I believe, to Trevor Story. So um, Blue Jays manager Charlie Montoyo did not want to take the risk, so he took him out and put in Jordan Romano, who was not quite as stellar as he usually is. He didn't strike out anybody. He walked a guy, gave up a hit, still got the save, and still secured a Blue Jays win here. Uh, Neither guy, Gosman or Romano, worries me very much going forward. I have seen some stuff in the last day or so about Romano velocity being down and a couple of little worry factors there. I'm I'm not too concerned with Romano. I think he'll be one of the top closers in baseball going forward. On the Red Sox side, Tanner Houck was actually fairly impressive through his first few innings of work. The Red Sox did not want to push him in terms of the pitch count. He threw 71 pitches over five innings, struck out four, gave up two earned runs, and walked one. I like Tanner Houck. I think he can be a serviceable option on deeper fantasy teams this year. I don't know uh, so much if you're in a 10-team or a 12-team league. I don't know that he'll have so much value there. Maybe in a 12-team you're, you're on, the, on the edge there. Anything deeper than that, I, th- I would recommend giving him uh, a speculative ad. I think that his stuff is really good. <clears throat> He's proven to me a few different times that he can handle uh, fairly high-powered lineups. Not just this year, but going back to last year. I've seen a lot of stuff that I really like out of him. So I would go and use an ad on him in a deeper league. Let's move on to the Tigers and the Yankees, where there was a bit of a uh, to-do about Miguel Cabrera being walked intentionally um, with just one hit shy of 3,000 for the career. It was a game that I was flipping around. I was flipping around a few different games yesterday. There was a lot of day games, but I was definitely tuned in when he got walked. And you see, the, you see Aaron Boone in the dugout put up the four fingers there. And Comerica, Comerica Field went completely bananas. Comerica Park, I'm not, I'm not actually sure which one of them it is now. I've actually been one of the few stadiums I've been to. I can't remember exactly what they call it. But whatever they call it, they were not happy down there at Comerica because Miguel Cabrera was put on first with the chance to get hit 3,000. Obviously, if you bought a ticket to that game, his last at-bat of the game, you were hoping he would get a base hit or whatever and get the 3,000 not if aaron boone has anything to do with it he put him on intentionally so hopefully uh, just as a side story it's not really a fantasy note but hopefully miguel cabrera can come back out and get hit 3000 tonight very exclusive club i think only 33 people have done it and there's only i think seven people who have three thousand hits and 500 home runs and he is one of those people so really impressive stuff for miguel cabrera obviously a first ballot hall of famer and a guy I grew up really idolizing. So that's why I just <clears throat> took a quick second there to genuflect in his direction. I'm a huge Miguel Cabrera guy. I really hope he gets it today. Let's talk about the actual fantasy implications of this game. Michael Pineda, who I was really not big on heading in. I was not going to take a chance, especially if you have a limited number of ads left for the week. But he was really good. He got the win over five shutout innings. Only struck out two. But, you know, he's a fairly old guy. Guy now not older not old but older thirty three um, I shouldn't say old really but he's not uh, what he once was in his days of pitching for the Yankees and the Mariners we've seen him be a lot um, we've seen him be very pretty good in the past and I wasn't really expecting to see that continue here he had a good start I probably wouldn't make uh, the jump on him outside of a really deep format like a twenty plus team format. I don't have a ton of faith that he can replicate this kind of outing many times throughout the season. On the Yankee side, Jordan Montgomery, really unfortunate to take a loss here. Over six innings, he just gave up three hits, the one earned run. Struck out five and walked two. The Yankees could not get anything going on offense to help him out there. He was a guy who I streamed in a couple of different leagues yesterday, hoping for a win as well as just a solid overall outing. But it was really unfortunate to have him only give up one run over six and still take a loss. I like Jordan Montgomery. I think he should be on pretty much every roster at the moment going forward. Uh, we'll see what happens. But for right now, I think that he should be on rosters. Let's move on to the Mets and the Giants. And we had a 6-2 Metropolitans victory. Carlos Carrasco, fantastic. Once again, 7-2, and two-thirds, 4 hits, 2 earned runs, struck out 7. His ERA through 18 innings is 1.47. Carlos Carrasco is someone who should be rostered in all leagues at the moment. Uh, Going forward, that may change. It probably will change. There will be some variance on his performance. I don't think that he is uh, an elite arm or a star or anything like that, but I think while he's performing like this, he should be added. Uh, On the San Francisco side, Anthony DeSclafani with a little bit of a disappointing outing, five innings, nine hits given up, five earned runs, struck out only four and walked one, also surrendered two home runs. I believe that was Francisco Lindor and Eduardo Escobar. Not the greatest of outings for Daislavani. <clears throat> People are going to be dropping him already. I'm not doing that. I'm not panicking. Um, we haven't seen great results through, I think, 13 innings. His ERA is a touch over six. Uh, 13 in the third innings. His ERA is 6.08. So, not impressive so far from Disco, but I'm holding on for now to see what he can do. Because last year he was, I think, the top 80 assets in fantasy. He's someone who is definitely a must roster guy last year so I'm not ready to pull the plug on him after three starts yet. We're going to hold on there. The Guardians and the White Sox is the next game we're going to go over. It was a 6-3 Guardians victory. I think I'm pretty much used to the Guardians name now. I don't think it's the greatest name in the world, but I haven't been slipping up recently, so I think we're just about there. Zach Plezak went for the Guardians, 6-2, and thirds really good stuff. Seven hits, two runs, only one of them earned, and just the three strikeouts is a little bit low for him, but you like you like what he gave you there. Not great from the White Sox so far this year on offense. I uh, haven't been too impressed with them. They're only 6-6. Six six. Zach Zach. 153 ERA through 17 and two-thirds. So really like what we're seeing there out of him. He's someone who should be on rosters, especially if it's a slightly deeper league. Maybe not in the shallowest of leagues, eight team, 10-team, what have you. But once you get past that threshold, I think that he uh, should be on a roster. Dylan Cease on the other side, also someone who obviously should be on a roster. But really a tough game here today. Uh, Five innings, I think. I'm just having a bit of a technical problem here. Sometimes technical stuff is, you know, I I know my baseball. I know my fantasy baseball. And sometimes the technical stuff just gets in the way for whatever reason. It's just either a Wi-Fi issue or I don't know if it's bandwidth or whatever. But technology is definitely the biggest hindrance to me in this process. Dylan Cease, here we go. We have it loaded. Dylan Cease went five and a third. He gave up eight hits, four runs. All of them were earned. Only struck out three for a big strikeout pitcher. That's a little bit concerning, and he did walk two. Obviously, we're not doing anything with Dylan Seeds other than keeping him and hoping that we have a better outing next time. Um, Framil Reyes had a home run for the Guardians. That's pretty much it. There wasn't too much um, majors, in terms of major storylines going on here. Let's move on to the Twins and the Royals, and it was a one nothing Twins victory. And Joe Ryan has been pretty lights out so far this year. He shouldn't be on waiver wires. If he's on waiver wires, you should go and pick him up. Six innings, only gave up two hits, struck out five and walked one. Really like what you see out of him there. Uh, he did get the victory as well. So if he is on any waiver wires, go and pick him up. He should not be on waiver wires. Zach Grinke on the other side. Actually, you know, he's continued to be pretty damn good this year so far. I've I, been totally happy with what he's given. Five innings, Six hits, so he gave up one earned run. The strikeout numbers are really tough. He's only struck out two batters in 16 innings. It's like it's, I don't remember another pitcher striking out that low a number, especially a Cy Young winner, a previous Cy Young winner. Now, through those 16 innings, his ERA is 2.25, so that is definitely positive. He should be rostered, Zach Greinke. I remember people dropped him a little bit after I think it was. The second start he had, the one against the Tigers, I think, because he didn't strike out anybody. I don't know that that's the biggest of concerns. Obviously, it's not great. You want to have five category contributors, well, four category contributors as much as you can uh, in terms of baseball, in terms of fantasy baseball, obviously. That's why we're here. We're here to talk about fantasy baseball. So what am I talking about? You want to have as many categories covered as possible. So Grinky's not really going to get you in the strikeouts, but he will probably be giving you... Okay, this this ERA is unsustainable, two twenty five. But he should have a decent enough ERA that he can be a back of the bench guy this year. And even if he's not, right now is not the time to drop him at this point. I would hold on and you know, even if you don't really like what he's giving you, maybe try and trade him because his ERA is still pretty good. You know, his that's a lot of people will look at a player and they'll look at the ERA and they'll look at the wins and strikeouts. And a lot of people that's the end of their information. So you see a good ERA number that might be enough for someone to bite on him there. So if you're really unsatisfied with Grinky, maybe try and deal him. But I wouldn't go and drop him. I don't think that makes too much sense. Let's go with the Athletics and the Orioles. Uh, Athletics got the win from Paul Blackburn, who has been a surprising story so far this year. Through 15 innings, his ERA is 1.8. Really nice stuff. He went 5 yesterday, got the victory, only gave up 3 hits, 1 earned run, and struck out 4. I think he is, like... He should be rostered. He, sh- uh, I think after his first start of the season, I said, you know, file this away for later. Just remember it. He had a pretty good start against Toronto. Five innings, only two runs. He did well against Tampa. He's, he's, You know, he's handled himself against the division opponents that he'll be likely facing the most this year. Listen to me. I'm looking at a bunch of American League East teams. Obviously, he's not in the American League East. He has handled a bunch of opponents this year who are going to be solid teams, specifically Tampa and Toronto. Early brain fart there, guys. Still uh, still letting the coffee hit the bloodstream here. He has faced Toronto and Tampa and also Baltimore, which is not as significant of a threat. But he has done very well specifically against Toronto and against Tampa. So Paul Blackburn, for me, I think he should be on a roster at this point. On the Orioles side, there's not really much going on in their pitching, especially with John Means out for the foreseeable future now. Uh, Tyler Wells was their pitcher and you know this is probably going to be a theme for me just about every day I don't recommend him I don't recommend picking him up two and a third five hits two runs both of them were earned there's just no fantasy value to be had there unfortunately let's keep moving with the Diamondbacks and the Nationals it was a 4-3 Diamondbacks victory and we had Zach Davies actually pitch a pretty good game I was not expecting that but he went five innings two hits two earned runs uh, struck out seven and walk two really really nice stuff Uh, Not somebody that I'm going to be adding because I just don't really have a lot of faith there. But definitely nice to see him have a good outing. On the Washington side, Josh Rogers was okay. Not particularly good, over four and a third. Give up four earned runs, only struck out two uh, six hits, and three long balls. Not what you want to see from Rogers. He's not someone who you need to be worrying about in fantasy. Uh, The next game we'll go over is the Marlins and the Cardinals. And Pablo Lopez, I think has the lowest ERA in the majors, at 0.52. 17 innings, 17 strikeouts. He's won two of his three starts. And the ERA, like I said, 0.52. He's obviously one of the better pitching stories so far this year. He should be rostered in every case. He's, I think he pretty much is already. Uh, if you are in a really shallow league or maybe he wasn't rostered, and we're talking the shallowest of leagues here because he's going to be rostered in pretty much every case. But if he is available anywhere, Go ahead and make sure he's not. On the St. Louis side, Jordan Hicks. I do like him, but obviously here he was not uh, allowed to go very long. He threw, what was it, 46 pitches over three innings. One earned run, uh, two hits, two walks, three strikeouts. Going forward, I think he can be very valuable. Uh, He needs to get stretched out a little bit first before he'll have that value, but I think he's someone who can be rostered going forward, specifically in deeper's. Uh, in deeper formats. Pittsburgh and Chicago is the next game we'll go over here. The Cubs, 4-3 um, Pirates victory. Not too much on the pitching side in terms of um, anybody with fantasy value. Bryce Wilson started. He went three uh, innings, three hits, three earned runs, struck out two and walked four. Uh, the reliever, Will Crow for Pittsburgh has actually been fairly interesting. He's appeared in five games, 12 innings 15 strikeouts and 4 walks. He has a victory, and he's not given up a run yet this year. Interesting, but the lack of starts and the lack of save opportunities is going to limit his potential in fantasy. He's fairly high-ranked for the season just because of the zeros, the victory, the strikeouts. I'm just going to leave him on waiver wires. It might be tempting uh, to take him in some cases, but I don't think you really need to worry about him. If he got this closer job, maybe. But I don't really see that happening. Anything's possible in Pittsburgh. Who the hell knows what's going to go on in Pittsburgh. But I wouldn't take a chance on him at the moment. Uh, Not too much on the Chicago side either. We had um, Mark Leiter Jr. go four innings, three hits, give up two earned runs. Not somebody who's going to have much fantasy value. I'm not interested there. Let's move on to the final game of the evening, which was the Texas Rangers and the Seattle Mariners. It was an 8-6 Rangers victory. Taylor Hearn started, and we stayed away from him because it's Taylor Hearn. Three innings. Uh, Despite him being not so bad this year, um, he's he's been all right. He was not great here. And, I mean, I say he's been all right. He had the one good outing, uh, the one not bad outing uh, against Colorado. L.A. was not terrible, his second outing. And here, like, okay, I'm overestimating his abilities a little bit. He hasn't been great. He's not someone who you need to worry about in fantasy. He threw three innings, five earned runs, uh, four walks. Not nothing you can really do there. Uh, on the Seattle side, Marco Gonzalez went and wasn't great, but I do like Marco Gonzalez. I would be holding on to Marco Gonzalez still. He went four and two thirds. He went six hits, uh, six runs. Only two of them were earned though, so he didn't quite murder your ERA category there. Uh, also struck out 6 over 4 and 2 thirds, which is fairly uncharacteristic of him. He's not a major strikeout guy. I think he should be on a roster. I don't think that he's going to be a high-value guy, but he's going to be a back-end guy, and for now, I think he should be rostered. Okay, we've taken care of the recap. Now let's take a look ahead to today. Only one day game. Everything else is happening either at 6.40 p.m. or later, 6.40 p.m. Eastern Time. 15-game slate and only one day game. So it would be very busy, very hectic night to follow baseball tonight. The only day game we have is the Pirates and the Cubs. Jose Quintana and Drew Smiley. I think Drew Smiley is a really nice uh, streaming potential here. Now, he hasn't given up any runs this year, which might scream for he's due to get rocked around a little bit. But this Pirates team doesn't have too many guys who can really rock you around very much. So I think it's a fairly decent stream opportunity for today. Jose Quintana on the other side, I'm not too interested in. Not bad. He's, he's been okay this year, but I'm not going to be using up one of my ads uh, in this case. Uh, the next game we have is the Cardinals and the Reds. And this should be a fairly interesting pitching matchup. Steven Matz and Hunter Green. I believe Hunter Green broke the record in his last outing for most starts or for most pitches thrown over 100 miles an hour in a start. I think that's the stat that it was. It might have been for guys under a certain age or something, or in, in your first start or whatever. But I think it honestly might have been. He threw the most pitches over 100 like ever in for one guy in one game. That's really impressive. He's what is he? 24? 20 He's 22. I thought he was older than that. He's 22. He's really got a lot of potential, Hunter Green. I really really like him. This is a pretty tough matchup even though he's at home. Uh, he's facing a tough St. Louis team. Like I was just looking at the St. Louis lineup yesterday and Pretty much one through nine, they're a threat. Like Paul Young, okay, not much of a threat. Albert can be kind of a threat day in some days, maybe not most other days. But pretty much one to nine, that lineup is really fearsome. Like Nolan Arenado has been ridiculous this year. They're they're stacked. So it's a little bit of a, a risky one, but I think it's probably going to be fairly safe to play him. He's got such overpowering stuff. If you really need strikeouts this week, if that, like if your ERA is already sent to hell anyway if it's already a write-off I would use Hunter Green and hope for strikeouts Um, like in that in that particular case right if your ERA is already at six or something and you have nothing to lose then obviously it doesn't hurt you might as well go ahead if you're fighting for strikeouts or whip yeah I think you can limit base runners because doesn't walk too many guys I like him here I would I would recommend using him here Stephen Matz Kind of iffy. He got really roughed up in his first outing. And it was against the Pirates, too, at home. So really, that was not what you wanted to see from him. Did correct the course against Milwaukee, though. Uh, five and two-thirds, three hits, strikeout sixes last time out. So I like him here against the Cincinnati team that's not going to be as potent as Milwaukee. I think both of these guys are going to be safe to use today. Uh, the Guardians and the Yankees is the next game. We have Eli Morgan and Jamison Tyone. I feel a lot better about Jamison Tyone. Neither one of them... I mean, yeah, Tyone should be safe. Tyone should be good to use. Eli Morgan, not so much. Neither one of them is like terribly confidence-inspiring, but uh, Tyone I would use. Morgan, I'd probably hold off on there. Uh, San Francisco and Washington is the next game, and we have Sam Long going to be going out there against Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin is not a startable pitcher. Uh, I think he's a pretty droppable guy in pretty much every format. Sam Long, uh, I don't know too, too much about here. He's appeared in three games uh, in relief so far for them. I think they're just trying to give their starters an extra day's rest here, so it might be a bullpen day. Uh, I wouldn't recommend using Sam Long there. The Brewers and the Phillies is the next game, and a pretty solid pitching matchup here, despite their ERAs being combined for about 17 at the moment. Freddy Peralta and Ranger Suarez. I think this can be a really nice pitching matchup. I would expect Freddy Peralta to really turn it around tonight and get back to the Freddie Peralta that we know and loved last year. A little bit more uh, cautious about Ranger Suarez. I don't know necessarily that I would deploy him in a small field there. Uh, it's close. It's, it's a tough one. I, I'm probably leaning more towards sitting him than starting him today. But... You also have to ask yourself, if you're going to be sitting him at home here, Like, when are you going to be starting him? It's a, it's a tough one. I'm probably leaning more towards sitting, though, to be honest with you. I really liked what he was able to deliver down the stretch last year, but I don't know that I have too much faith here today. It's, it's honestly like a coin toss if I would start him or not here. It's really a close one. Uh, let's move on to the Rockies and the Tigers. Rockies have been a real nice story so far. Wouldn't have expected them to be 8-4. They lost yesterday. They were 8-3. Really nice story. I don't think it will continue for very long. But we'll have to see. Uh, Antonio Sensatella is going for them, and he's been really good so far. So I think he's fairly safe to start here in a fairly pitcher-friendly ballpark against the Tigers. Tariq Skubal also is fairly safe to start here. I don't love him here, but I think he's fairly safe. Uh, let's not spend too much time on that game. I think they're both all right starters to use tonight. The Red Sox and the Rays is next. Michael Wacha and Corey Kluber. And honestly, they they're both not, the numbers for both of them are pretty good. I just don't feel too confident really in either of them. If I was going to start one of them, if I had to choose, then I would probably go Corey Kluber. But I don't have a ton of faith in these guys, to be honest with you. I just don't. Uh, let's keep going on. Marlins and the Braves. We have Trevor Rogers and Kyle Wright. Now, Kyle Wright has been real nice. We hope to have him continue these first couple of nice starts. Not terribly tough challenge against the Marlins. They've been kind of a sneaky okay team. I mean, offensively, they're, they have some nice pieces offensively is what I'm trying to say here. Chisholm, Jesus Sanchez, Avi Garcia... They have some nice pieces. Uh, Trevor Rogers is a piece on the pitching side that needs to figure it out because if he pitches like this, they have no chance of doing anything. I don't think they have much of a chance in the NL East regardless. But if Trevor Rogers is pitching like this, they don't have any chance at all. So we'll need to see him turn it around. He's only got through six and two-thirds innings over his two starts so far. Five in the first and an inning and two-thirds in the second. But he's keeping up ten runs on the year. Not Not ideal. You want to see him return to that form that he had last year. Let's move on to the White Sox and the Twins in a really nice pitching matchup here between Michael Kopech and Bailey Ober. I do like Michael Kopech a bit more, but I think they're both really safe guys to use today. Really nice guys, uh, both of them. Kopech especially, I think, uh, has potential to have a really nice outing here, but I think both of them are very safe to use. Let's move on to the Orioles and the Angels. Bruce Zimmerman and Reed Detmers. Now, Bruce Zimmerman has been... One of those guys that I mentioned earlier in the year to just file it away for later and remember what he did. Nine innings, shut out ball so far. You know, you gotta you gotta remember that. It's a little rough um playing for the Orioles. The wins are going to be very hard to come by. That is the main that's the main concern with rostering him at the moment. Like I've liked what I've seen from him. He's not walking too many guys. I mean, four guys over nine innings is not great, but you know, t- t- ten strikeouts and no runs, you'll take it. The no wins is going to be kind of tough. I think it's not a bad option here, but he's not great either. So I'm probably passing. As curious as it makes me, um, I'm probably passing. His counterpart is Reed Detmers. He's not been very good this year so far. It's a good matchup at home against the Orioles. Yeah, if you're if you're in a desperate mode, if you're like desperately fighting for strikeouts or whatever for this week. He might be a decent guy to add, but he's not someone if you're fighting for ERA or WHIP. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, let's go back. I skipped over my Blue Jays. Let's go to the Blue Jays tonight. Ross Stripling and Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander has been vintage Verlander so far this year. Over 13 innings, he has allowed one earned run. One earned run. And it was on a home run. Uh, who, was it? who was it that hit the home run against him? I think it was Jared Walsh. I think Jared Walsh hit the only only run that's been scored against Justin Verlander for the for the year. He's got a tough challenge in the Blue Jays tonight. Granted, they're missing Teoscar Hernandez. We're not sure about uh, George Springer. If I had to guess, I'd say Springer's probably in the lineup because he's playing against his old team. I would he pinch hit yesterday. Looks pretty rough pinch hitting though. He struck out twice. I think. Yeah, he's probably going to be in the lineup today. It'll be a tough challenge for Verlander, no doubt. We'll see if he can keep it up. He's a fairly safe start, I think, but it's the Blue Jays, and they can pop off. So they haven't really done that so far this year, and not having Teoscar Hernandez is not going to help. I'm just thinking what I really expect out of Verlander. It's probably something along the lines of like five innings, two runs tonight. I don't have crazy high expectations, but, you know, he's he's always killed the Blue Jays. So what do I know in terms of that? He's no-hit us twice. So he's had our number in the past. It's going to be hard to say exactly what to expect from him here. But like I said, five, maybe six innings, two runs. That's probably about what you could hope for here. Uh, Ross Stripling going for the Blue Jays. S- not too confident here. Um... He has thrown six innings on the year. His ERA is three. I like Ross Stripling okay. I don't really like him in this particular matchup. Houston's a tough matchup. Uh, I, li- I like Ross Stripling. I don't think that this is going to be a great uh, environment for him. He did really well against Oakland. I I Honestly, the more I think, I think there's a decent chance he's going to get batted around tonight a little bit. Houston's going to, I don't know. I have a, I have a bad feeling with, um, with Ross Stripling for tonight. I'm, I'm not going to be too interested in using him. Um, I don't recommend anybody use him really just, it's a dangerous lineup. He's not that great. It's, it's an iffy one for me. Um, certainly don't add him already. If you already have him, maybe if you're in a deeper league, um, but my recommendation is no. My recommendation is to to not worry, uh, especially if you don't have him on your roster already. If you already have him for whatever reason, probably a very deep league, then maybe you think about it. But I wouldn't go making an ad on him. Let's move on. There's a few more games tonight starting in the later slate. The Dodgers and the Padres. Both teams have been really good so far. 9-3 uh, and three for the Dodgers, 9-5 and five for the Padres. Julio Urias and Nick Martinez going up against each other tonight. I feel very confident in Julio Urias. He's, I think, is it too early to say he's back? He had a really nice start against Cincinnati. One hit over five innings. Let's see what he does tonight. I'm fairly confident, though. Nick Martinez on the other side. Not as confident here. Going up against a tough Dodgers team. Uh, I'm going to be passing on him tonight. Uh, Rangers and Athletics. Glenn Otto and Adam Aller. Jesus, man. This is a rough pitching matchup. Uh, I would not be targeting either of these guys. I don't really know too much about Glenn Otto. He's just been called up. Um, I don't think that there's too much to worry about. He made six starts for the Rangers last year. and His ERA was just a shade under 10. So he's not someone we need to be worrying about. Adam Aller as well. Uh, this is a great matchup to exploit in the DFS tournament because I don't think either pitcher is going to be very effective tonight. So if you're anybody on the Rangers or the Athletics, you're a little bit more interesting than you typically would be for me tonight uh, in DFS. This is one of my favorite pitching matchups of the day here. Uh, this next game it's the Mets and the Diamondbacks. David Peterson and Zach Gallen, Both ERAs are sitting at zero, granted, Small sample size. Small sample size. But I really like what I've seen out of both of them. Zach Allen, I had forecasted this to be a breakout for Zach Allen before. He's kind of broken out already in the past a little bit. Uh, tough year last year. I really like him, and I think he will continue uh, his good run here. It is a bit of a tricky matchup, for sure. A bit of a tricky matchup. But it's a massive ballpark in Arizona. It's tough to hit home runs there, which should limit the offense. Uh, there is a fairly left-handed heavy batting order, which is not great for right-handed pitchers, obviously. But I feel fairly confident deploying both of these guys here tonight. And I think particularly uh, David Peterson, obviously, because the Arizona lineup is just so brutal. But Gallen is also uh, very viable. Both of them very good starts for tonight. The last game of the evening is the Royals and the Mariners. Uh, Brad Keller and Chris Flexen going up against one another. and Brad Keller... He's getting a lot, of, a lot of press in the fantasy community these last week or two because it's just not expected of him to do this. So I would not expect it too, longer, too much longer going forward. Uh, I think he's fairly safe to use here tonight, but he's not my favorite option. Uh, I don't mind him in terms of DFS because he's fairly cheap, but I don't know that I would go and use an ad here uh, on the road. I think it's due to blow up in his face eventually. And it could be tonight. Chris Flexon, not a major strikeout pitcher. Fairly fairly bad ERA historically. Not terrible last year, but not someone I have a ton of faith in uh, in general. Tonight, it's all right. Pitching at home against Kansas City. It's a decent matchup, but uh, he's not really that interesting to me. I would much, be much more interested in Brad Keller. And, you know, Keller... And I just kind of took a poo on him a second ago there. But I do like him. Like, I think that what he's doing is fairly sustainable. Uh, he's increased his change of usage quite a bit this year. He's not using the fastball as much. And it seems to be effective. So I don't know if he'll continue what he's doing. The velocity is about the same as he has been in previous years. It feels pretty sustainable. So uh, I, I feel fairly confident in using him there. Okay, we've covered all of yesterday's games and all of today's games. Let's take a look at the waiver wire here for a few minutes and talk about some guys who have been added in a lot of cases. And we'll also talk about some of the major drops over the last day. So Drew Smiley's being added quite a bit. I like him as a stream for today. Uh, Not a great lineup he's going up against in the Pirates. I would be fairly happy to use a, a weekly ad on him there. Uh, I don't know about going forward with Smiley. He's been very good so far, but I don't think we can expect this long term. But I I do like the matchup today. Uh, Jerkson Profar is also being added quite a bit. I understand taking the shot on him, but I don't think we are going to get what we are seeing from him long term. I think that this is a blip on the radar And we'll probably see what we've seen from him throughout his career going forward. I don't expect a breakout here at age, I think he's 29. I don't think we'll see him break out. I I understand using an ad and just seeing if he does, then it's great. If he doesn't, you drop him. Drop your worst player and pick him up. I have no problem with that. Uh, Brandon Marsh is also being added quite a bit. And I recommend in deeper leagues for sure. He's been really nice. Uh, We'll see if the playing time is able to sustain throughout the year. We keep an eye in those standard uh, ten and twelve team leagues, and in deeper leagues, we, yeah, we add, we add. Uh, Just thinking for a second, but no, yeah, in deeper leagues you definitely add. Uh, In standard leagues, you keep an eye on. If you're in like an AL only league, you would be someone to add. I've never done one of those. Uh, Maybe you guys could hit me up on Twitter. Let me know how those are, Uh, AL or NL only leagues. I've only ever played mixed leagues. That's how I feel. Is I don't know, the most enjoyable. I, I just, I don't know. Let me know, because I've never played those before, so I'm interested about how uh, their enjoyment level compares to a mixed league. Uh, but if you are in one of those AL-only leagues and a guy like Marsh is definitely more valuable than in a mixed. Uh, Dylan Bundy also being added quite a bit. I don't think that you need to worry about him. He will fall back to earth. It'll probably happen tomorrow against the White Sox. Not a lot of faith in him there. David Peterson's being added quite a bit. A really nice streamer for today. Really nice. Uh, I I like him. Anybody pretty much, and I've gone over this a couple of times, uh, there are certain teams where you have to exploit the matchups, and we'll have to do that throughout the year. Arizona. um, We haven't seen it so much with Oakland like I thought we would. But Baltimore, um, the Nationals, there are certain teams where you have to, you can really uh, profit both monetarily and, I'm about to make up a word, (laughs) fantasarily. You can profit both money-wise and on your fantasy teams by exploiting um, by exploiting those bad teams and by exploiting the matchups and the guys going against those bad guys on a given day. So Peterson, yes, definitely boost his value um, to be playing against the Diamondbacks for a second start in a row, as opposed to if he was pitching against the Dodgers, he'd have probably no value. So Peterson, I like. Jorge Lopez, uh, you're adding if you need help in the save department if you've gone through these first couple weeks and you have nothing going on. Maybe you had Ryan Presley get hurt and you weren't able to scoop up Hector Norris. Uh, You need some saves, you go pick up Jorge Lopez. I have no problem with that. Uh, Josh Dalmont as well is still my preferred waiver add for saves. If he's available, I would go add him. There might be a little bit of back and forth with Barlow, but I would go and add him. Um, Brad Keller, we just talked about him. I'm interested to see if he can keep up. His first couple starts, I'd say add, but keep your expectations fairly low. Uh, Danny Jimenez has, has looked pretty good and has the ace closer spot. So I think in deeper leagues, you add. And if you're really desperate in a standard league, then you add, sure. Um, not someone, I don't know that he'll have the closer job all year. It's possible. I wouldn't count on it, but it's possible. I think they'll just go with the hot hand in Oakland. So we'll see uh, what happens going forward there. Uh, Steven Matz. I talked about Steven Matz. I really like the matchup for today against the Reds. I think he should be rostered. I, people dropped him a little bit too quickly after that first bad start, but I think that he should still be rostered here. I like the matchup. Uh, Adam Frazier as well. I think he should be should be rostered. He was maybe dropped uh, a little bit early on in the season. Didn't start out terribly great, but I think Adam Fraser should be rostered, especially in deeper leagues. He has a really nice skill set for fantasy. Not so much with the power, which is obviously going to hurt him. But as a leadoff guy who can hit for a high average and steal bases, I like him. Uh, not going to steal a lot of bases, but I do like him as a deeper league guy. Uh, Alec Baum, as well, is someone who should be added in deeper leagues for sure. We keep an eye on standard leagues because he's not playing quite every day and his lineup spot kind of fluctuates. So in a standard league, I'd be a little bit nervous to add him. His production's been great. But they have this uh, platoon of playing time with, uh, I think it's Camargo, I don't watch a ton of Philly stuff, but I think it's Camargo there uh, that they have the platoon going with. So I don't know that he's going to have an everyday role, 500-plus at-bats for the year. But if that does become the case, he's obviously a must-add guy. At the moment, I would take a shot in deeper formats. Uh, Jock Peterson's also been added quite a bit. I think there's a good chance he can be a guy you can roster going forward if he continues to play most days. And he's been playing most days right now in the four spot. He might not bat against uh, lefties some days, which is fine. I think he is a perfectly reasonable guy to add in a deeper league. And, you know, even in a standard league, it might be a bit of a stretch at this point uh, if you just have a three outfielder league. But if you have deeper outfielder leagues, no problem in taking a chance on him there. So we'll talk about uh, those are the guys being added in the most leagues this morning. The guys who are being dropped in the most leagues, we'll start with Marco Gonzalez. And it's, I don't really get it too much. Uh, I know he wasn't great yesterday, but he's someone who you can still roster, Marco Gonzalez. I think that's a knee-jerk reaction to drop him. I don't agree with it. John Gray uh, is going back to the injured list. He's got a strain in his knee. I really think it's going to be kind of hard to roster him. I had really high hopes going into the year. We haven't seen much uh, in the way of positivity so far from him. If you have an IL slot, I would add him and put him in the IL slot there. But if you don't, then it's going to be almost impossible to hold on to him. Jordan Hicks getting dropped quite a bit. Again, if you added him, maybe you were just streaming him. But I think if you added him, you should just hold on to him. I like him. I think once he gets stretched out, he can be a real asset going forward. Paul Blackburn also being dropped uh, in quite a few leagues. I don't understand it. I think he's been really good. I I mean, granted, it was against the Orioles yesterday, but what we talked about is that he did well against the Blue Jays, he did well against Tampa, and he did well against the Orioles. So it's not like one off start, one random start where he did well against Baltimore and then, you know, he's been crapping the rest of the games. he's been really good the whole season. Granted, the whole season is only three starts. But I like him. I really like him. He's going up against the Giants next time out. It's going to be a bit of a tougher matchup, but I'd still recommend holding on to him. Based on what we've seen so far, I like him, and I think he has potential to be valuable throughout the season. Anthony DeSclafani is another guy being dropped that I don't agree with. I don't really agree with any of the people being dropped here on this list. DeSclafani is someone who last year was the 70th ranked player, I believe. Uh, His ERA was 317. He won 13 games. He was very valuable. So to drop him after three starts, granted, a couple of them were not great, particularly yesterday, I would not be dropping him. It does not make any sense to me at this point. Uh, Dallas Keuchel is being dropped. Yes. Okay. We, we agree there. The The Yahoo community and I, I typically base this list off of Yahoo. I also take a look at other stuff. But it's typically going to be based off of Yahoo. Um, I do play ESPN leagues as well. But I think that most people play Yahoo. So that's why I focus there um, in terms of my lists. And it's generally going to be similar. There's obviously going to be some differences. But it's generally the same group of guys. So Dallas Keuchel, he's he's a clear drop. No doubt. Um, he's just not worth it. He's not worth holding on your team. Jordan Montgomery also being dropped. I don't agree. Again, I don't agree. I think he's someone that you can roster, and I think he can hold value uh, throughout the season. Joey Gallo has been dropped in a lot of leagues. Uh, he's down to 70% rostered on Yahoo. He is 5 for 37 on the year. He has not scored one run. does not have one homer, no RBIs, no steals zeros across the board really rough yeah he's a buy low guy but he's not a he's not a drop he's a guy who can hit you 40 home runs he's not a drop come on guys it's not that many people that have dropped him but you know there's no one i like i just i just can't get my head around that he's someone you drafted probably with a fairly solid draft pick you know not like your last pick or something or your last two picks like a Fairly decent pick in the 100s somewhere. To drop him after a couple of weeks, granted, yes, he's been brutal. 5 of 37 is brutal, but you can't just be dropping someone like that. I, you got to hold on. Try and recoup some value. Wait till he has a couple of good games and then try and sell. Sell him now. You're selling him at the absolute minimum price. It makes no sense to me, and I would not recommend it under any circumstances. Let's move into the DFS side. Yesterday, we were all right. We weren't great. Uh, we scored 82 points, and it was a bit of a low scoring day. Um, you were not seeing crazy high scores, and it, there wasn't a ton of games yesterday, so there wasn't as many players as usual in the player pool. So we had 82.8 points. I'm fairly happy with that. We had two zeros. Uh, Whit Merrifield went over four, and Tyler O'Neill went over four. Really disappointing out of Tyler O'Neill. He has not been great these last uh, week or so. We did hit on our pitching, Jordan Montgomery and Paul Blackburn. Uh, like those guys quite a bit uh, going forward. Mitch Garver was the catcher. Uh, he had a run and, a, and a, a walk. A walk and a run, I should say. Not great there. Uh, Vladdy at first, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. at first, uh, he had a double, a run, and an RBI. Katal Martea had a second, he had a walk. Uh, Raphael Devers, a run and a walk. Bo Bichette had two singles, an RBI and a steal. He was very nice yesterday. And Juan Soto had a run and two walks. So we didn't have the greatest of days yesterday. Um, I think I can attribute that to the short slate and not having as many guys to choose from. It was not a great day, and it happens. And the best thing you can do for someone who goes over these kind of things is to, to be transparent about it. You don't want to be lying to your audience and telling them that you succeeded when you didn't. If I don't have a good day, I'll tell you guys. Uh, So far, there have been 15 days of baseball on the year. We have scored 10 out of 15 of those lineups have hit over 100. 12 out of 15 have hit over 90 points. So we're doing fairly well. We are still assisting you in your wins. Uh, If you are using our lineups, if you're tailing with us, then if you'd followed us every day of the year, you'd be in the profit. You would have made profit off of it so far. So it's something to keep in mind for sure. I focus on this quite a bit. I put a lot of time into it. I spend a solid hour or so a day just on DFS and DFS research. So it's something that I feel fairly confident in. These are not just picked out of a hat names. So let's go and look at today's guys who I am recommending here. I have Freddie Peralta and David Peterson as my pitchers. There are quite a few decent pitching options today, though, on the slate. There are quite a few of them. Like I like Zach Allen at 38 bucks. a little bit pricey maybe. I like Kyle Wright at 32, Brad Keller at 32, Antonio Sensatella at 30. There's some really nice options in terms of the pitching today. I went with Freddy Peralta because I'm fairly confident there, and I also there's something you you need to have a strikeout pitcher amongst your two uh, amongst your two guys most days. I haven't really talked too much about that kind of strategy, but strikeouts are like the most important thing in terms of uh, points leagues for pitchers. So a guy like Freddy Peralta, who I'm anticipating quite a bit of swinging and missing tonight on that Phillies lineup. There's a lot of strikeouts in that lineup. Uh, If you guys heard our uh, appearance with Scott Bogman on the show the other day at Bogman Sports, for you guys who did not see us, uh, we talked about that Phillies lineup and how there's a lot of swing and miss in that park. And how we were talking about Peralta and expecting him to probably get back into that more uh, Freddy Peralta-esque mode that we saw last year. So I'm comfortable with Peralta here. David Peterson, the only thing with me is that the uh, the Diamondbacks saw him last week, so they might be a little bit more familiar with him than they should be. Not than they should be, but than you'd like anyway. So it's a little bit of an iffier one there, but I still think that that lineup is so anemic that it won't really matter too much. I think he'll still be able to give you a solid five, six innings in a victory, if all, if all goes according to plan. And that's a major thing here. It doesn't always go according to plan, but you got to hope for the best, right? And you got to pick highly educated choices here. So that, for me, is about as good of a pick as you're going to have in terms of a duo, Peralta and Peterson, while also acknowledging that there are quite a few valuable arms today uh, going in the DFS slate tonight. So there's a lot of options. Uh, Let's move on to the catcher spot. I have Cabrit Ruiz. I have Luke Voigt at first. Max Muncie at second. Alex Bregman at third. Corey Seager at short. Uh, The always dependable points league man, Stephen Kwan, as my first outfielder slot. And then Michael Brantley and Jordan Alvarez, the other outfielder slots. Now I have three Houston Astros. That is in anticipation of Ross Stripling not having a particularly great night. I think that that's fairly likely. I don't have a ton of faith in him there uh, going up against Houston on the road. I like Ross, but I, I can't justify using him tonight. On the, on the flip side of that, I think I can definitely justify using a, a few Astros here who bat at the top of the order, who I think are going to have a fun time batting against Stripling tonight. Let's I'll quickly just say them one more time. So, Freddie Peralta, David Peterson are my starting pitchers. Cabret Ruiz is catching. Luke Void at first. Max Muncy at second. Alex Bregman at third. Corey Seeger at short. And my three outfield slots are Stephen Kwan, Michael Brantley, and Jordan Alvarez. And, of course, this is for Yahoo!, uh, I live in Ontario, so DraftKings and uh, FanDuel are both barred from me here. I hit you guys with the Yahoo one because it's the only one that I'm still able to play uh, as of, I think, April 5th or something or whatever. Right, right around when the season started, they shut down the um, FanDuel and DraftKings DFS tournaments in my province. For you guys in the States, the provinces, most of you probably know this, a province is just another word for a state, pretty much is what Canadians call our, our states here. So my province does not allow gambling in terms of DFS plays. So these plays for me are just to try and help you guys. I'm not personally profiting off of these anymore. It was nice last year. It was nice during the NBA season. It was nice during the NFL season as well. But we it is what it is, right? I can't do anything about it. Uh, I, t- I made a joke last week that maybe eventually I'll reach the point where I'll move out of this province just so I can play DFS uh, paid tournaments. Probably not. We're probably not going to get to that level of uh, obsession here, although we're pretty close, but I don't know if I would uproot myself for, uh, for DFS tournaments. I do love them, but I don't know if the love reaches quite that far. So guys, thank you for joining us here. We are wrapping up week number five on the show. This is show number 25, actually. Yeah. Five by five is 25. So we have 25 proper shows. We had a couple of demos that are still available. I think, um, I'm not even sure, actually. I think they're still available on iTunes and Spotify. But 25 legit shows. um, Wow, it's been great. Thank you guys so much for for keeping me me invested here with your questions on Twitter, with your messages, with your reviews, with your ratings. Um, Really, I got some nice messages I've gotten over the last week that are really a good motivation booster. Um, there's some days where you just don't feel like doing it. You know, maybe your team had a bad night and you wake up and you think, oh, I, you know, I can just sleep the whole day and not worry about this. But you guys reaching out on Twitter, showing love here on the pod. Um, it makes me want to do this and continue to grow with this. So thank you guys, all of you who have reached out with kind words and all of you who continue to put your faith in me, whether by listening to the show or by asking questions on Twitter or that, as Dan Bespris puts it, that sweet equilibrium of both the show and, And the Twitter feed, you follow both, and you're pretty much up to date with all the stuff you need to know. Guys, that will do it for me here. We wrap up uh, right now. We will see you back here on Monday, and we're going to try and bring you guys two guests for next week. I'm going to attempt to have an early week guest and a late week guest. We're still working on logistics, but I'm going to try and bring you guys at least two people next week. So make sure you have your notifications set for when the show releases. And make sure you go and hit that follow button on Twitter. I'll give you the handles one more time. You can find me at Joe JoeOrico99. So it's at J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O 99. And you guys can also go ahead and follow the Ethos Fantasy BB account. That is E-T-H-O-S Fantasy BB You follow us on both of those pages, you're not going to miss any shows, and you shouldn't miss any of the information that I post on Twitter daily. So guys, thank you so much. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, and we hope to see you all here again on Monday. Cheers, everybody.